China is a great example of indefinite pessimism. Cost center, and he has made it into a profit center. It's fucking mind-blowing. Hey guys, welcome to episode seven. Okay, we are again. Uh, we are recording on New Year's. Happy New Year, everyone! Twenty twenty-three is here, and yeah, we have a good one for you today. So what's up? We were supposed to start a newsletter, okay, and uh, th- this is where, like, you know, this is how this topic came to being. Okay, so basically, we decided that three com should have a newsletter because we talk about like so much stuff. Okay, uh, and also another having another format of our content out there will be like great, and it'll provide you folks some great value as well on the side. So I started researching. I was like, okay, you know what? Let's go out there. Let's look at the more successful newsletters and see what the hell is this newsletter all about newsletter biz okay and yeah i i uh, came across quite a few newsletters one being morning brew the second was milk road by shan puri okay who uh, which he recently sold and the third was the hustle by sam par which also is sold again to another third party all three newsletters were sold for a multi-bag, multi-million dollar deals happened. And I was like, oh, I was so intrigued. I was like, oh, how did they do this? And uh, and how do I replicate it? Okay, so, so that's how this episode came to being. So I was like, you know what? Since I did so much research into how, how to newsletter, I might as well talk about it. And one of the topics, so one of the newsletters I had to choose, uh, I chose was the milk road uh sorry fuck not the milk road one of the newsletters i chose for today is the morning brew okay so the morning brew was uh started by alex liberman liberman and austin reef okay and it's a daily newsletter that comes and gives you your news for the day okay and it tells you what the financial markets are doing and like a few other um, news bits of the day it's essentially around like you know what's happening around the world and it's uh written in a very like uh fun tone okay something that we can understand easy something that we can like it's easy to read and we can absorb nicely and it's one of the most successful newsletters out there okay have you have you read the morning brew ever what's up oh no i've only read dull crude ah okay nice nice awesome Okay, uh, very similar frameworks. He was used in uh, the Milk Road as well. Okay, but obviously I, the Milk Road was a bit different because Shanpuri was already a massive figure and he had a massive following. So the injection into uh, the number of people on who were reading the Milk Road were quite a lot. So yeah. yeah to saying. begin with, I think he had like a good head start. Yeah. Uh, does Morning Brew also have all these memes? I saw like, uh, Mar- uh, this thing is too funny, right? Milk Road is... You have a good time reading it. Um, yeah. Right? So is it is it like a similar themed newsletter? Mm, no, I feel I feel the Milk Road has a very Shanpuri tone to it. Okay, has that little extra uh, of Shan into it that you can like literally hear almost. Okay, but uh, no, the Milk Road is still fun. 
Uh, okay, it does have a little bit of memes like here and there. Okay, and now it's a massive business that, and they they do a bunch of other topics. They have four other podcasts that's running with the Morning Brew, and uh, it's nice, man. It's nice. Morning Brew is really good. So I want to start talking about the origin of how like the Morning Brew started. Initially, it started off as a finance uh, newsletter. But I'm very, I, I just love how uh, this business was started, not as a business. Okay. So uh, Alex Liberman, okay. Uh, he was a finance student um, and like, you know, he was going to go on Wall Street. Okay. Like that, that was his destiny. Like he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a Wall Street guy. I'm going to be a finance bro. Okay, his dad is a finance guy. His mom is a Wall Street person. His granddad was from finance. So he's like, I'm also getting into finance. Uh, so he was in college. He was in his final year. Okay, he already like, you know, got a job in his third year final as well. He did an internship and they gave him a full-time offer there itself. So in his final year, he didn't really have to look for a job and all that. So he had a lot of free time. Okay, and obviously, you know, getting securing a job in your third year itself is a kind of a big deal when you're in college, right? And so, like, you know, all his fo- all his friends and classmates were like, bro, how do you do this? Okay, can you help us out? So he just started helping his friends around. And um, one of the things he started helping them with was interview prep. Okay, so he would sit them down. And the reason he did that is because throughout while he was growing up, his dad used to do this with him. Okay, so he started doing the exact same thing. He started replicating it and he... And he was nailing it, okay? So he would ask these, uh, like, you know, his uh, friends and, uh, like, classmates these, like, questions. Okay, and one of the questions was, uh, how do you keep up with the finance news? Okay, like, what do you what do? You do? Okay, do you watch the news? Do you read the thing? And almost everyone said that they read the Wall Street Journal and, like, all these other finance newspapers and everything like that. And... They were like, yeah. And he asked them, why do you why do you just read these? He's like, because our parents told us this. Our parents read this. And everyone on finance and Wall Street reads this. Then he started noticing. Then he's like, dude, that like newspapers are like so dull. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, he even asked some people this question. Like, do you understand everything? He's like, no, not really. <laughs> I just I just read it and I'm like, yeah, these are the numbers. These are the, this thing. And I just keep saying, like, I understand it, but I don't understand much. So he, like, it was very dry. It was very dense. And uh, then he's like, you know what? Okay. He noticed a problem out there and the fact that not everyone was understanding this. So he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll read these newspapers and then I'll write like my version of it. Okay. And I'll just give it off to people so that they understand it better. Okay. And he literally did it from the bottom of his heart. He's like, okay, so one, this will help me keep up with the finance news every day. It'll keep me a little, not lethargic. Because, like, you know, in his final year of college, he was just pretty much just playing, like, FIFA, Call of Duty. <laughs> so, he's like, okay, you know, one hour a day. That's all. That's all I need to do to be a little productive that I have the rest of the day. So, for that one hour, he would just do this. Okay. And then, yeah, it started picking up. So, people were just like, oh, shit. There were first years that would, like, you know, join college and be like, hey, what is that? What is that you're reading? Damn, that's that's cool. So... Then he started this thing, uh, I think it was October 2014, and it was called uh, The Market Corner. Okay, so 
business related finance related you know he started that okay and it was just like a fun thing okay it wasn't like a university paper or anything okay it was still like going chill this this graduated... so far it was just offline all of this like, yeah yeah, yeah. just offline on a piece of paper yeah mm. piece of papers that was just like handed out people photocopied and everything like that so yeah okay. he had some initial investment into this as well no i mean uh university you can just like xerox oh, xerox yeah. copy no like he would just make like an original and then he'd be like okay you guys just uh uh, for photocopy it photocopy a bunch and just give it around mm. okay because because once someone reads it then you can just like share it as well mm. okay so um yeah it was called the market corner uh, and everything and yeah so he started like working okay so but he he was still like you know uh he really wanted to do this in the side as well he's like you know what okay a lot of people need the help okay and it, and it picked up like you know a lot it got very famous in college okay because he was in a proper like in a decent uh, business school so like you know everyone wanted to like read it and okay so he's like okay you know what i'll continue it so this was a schedule okay it was crazy okay he got a job in morgan stanley as a trader okay so he get up at 5 am work out okay get to his desk by 6:30 a.m. okay start trading until 7 p.m. then at 7 he would go home and he would start writing the morning like you know whatever is needed like he would do all the morning brew stuff and this is where they switch from the paper model to an email newsletter okay and it's 2014 so i mean 2014 i think uh, i think they switched to emails like very fast very soon okay initially like maybe he printed it out and uh, then i guess later everything was just online okay and uh, yeah and this is where like you know he started the name change from market corner to the morning brew and uh, he was obsessed with two things and this is essential for all newsletters i think out there he was how do i make this as good as humanly possible okay so whatever news is there how do i make it like as easy to read as funny as absorbable out there as possible he was just obsessed with this and not just him like his co-founder as well austin and how do i grow this as fast as possible okay and there are a bunch of growth hacks over here that i didn't think of at all and uh, although i like i don't like saying the word growth hacks uh they they're just amazing okay um uh, and how he grew these uh grew the morning brew essentially So um they obviously didn't have any money okay it was just the two of them they would write and all that okay so they were like okay fine we need a writer we need a bunch of writers and uh, so the morning brew started becoming big it started becoming uh, they got a couple thousand people like uh, on the email newsletter they were like okay so we are targeting college students who want to understand the finance and business news let's hit colleges so they put out like in their ex- existing network that hey if you are a writer if you are interested in being heard and sharing your voice of like business and finance news once you apply okay and you can you can have like do two or three posts a week okay so then they had this like eight nine uh, eight nine folks from different colleges so they had like two stories per week okay and it was unpaid okay and the job description was if they want to write about business okay uh, and want to be in front of thousands of people 
just come okay so people just did it because like you know it was a great way to like you know uh, show on your resume that you have taken initiative and also i think they uh, people take uh, university quite seriously as well over there because only a select few get to go to university and a select few get that initial money you know there are a bunch of hustlers in in university abroad okay which is why somehow the quality of the people that come out of university also is quite great over there okay so they take these things very seriously okay then they got an editor as well okay and they were like okay you know what something something's missing you know in our content okay it's good but there's certain like newsletters that do really really good like you know the open rates are through the roof and the replies they get they're like oh my god this was the best and they realized the funny aspect was a killer 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 thing so they were like oh shit we we need a funny guy we need a funny guy in the company okay and they literally put an ad out for hey if you if you are funny just just apply okay we we are looking for someone fun okay if you if you think you you can come up with jokes and shit come and apply okay and they literally did that and they got a person okay and they called him the voice editor mm. okay so this dude was uh, already like uh, apparently um, he was taking a business course only so he was already well versed with the business world okay and he was taking like this improv class and all that stuff so he was like and he was an excellent student in their improv he minored in like like some acting course or something like that at the side okay that was like his true passion so like it just worked really well and like you know he understood the content and everything like that mm. okay so yeah that's so they had the team assembled okay he was still working like you know his not even 9 to 5 holy shit it's six it's almost 12 hour shifts okay and then he would come and like you know do all the uh um fuck i keep calling this the milk road the morning brew stuff <laughs> sorry guys i'm just obsessed with milk road i i love that newsletter it's amazing okay yeah so so in terms of growing it okay so they were like okay now how do we how do we grow this um which year in, was this uh when is all of this happening this would be so in 2014 he started uh october so i would say this is a year into it so 2015 mm. all this is happening we're in that around 2015 time okay. or yeah 20 i would say 2015 august september or something like that okay mm. yeah so there were about uh, 2500 people uh, tuned into the email newsletter i don't think it was making too much money around that okay and uh, so he's like okay fine let's let's grow this okay they they got a couple colleges they got these eight nine writers as well okay uh, then they started targeting uh, teachers okay because they're like okay you know if we can get the teachers or like you know do you remember when we were in rv and like these seniors would just drop into class and they're like ah buy this hoodie yeah okay yeah that was me i was selling the hoodies as well <laughs> okay but uh, yeah uh the senior took all the profit but anyways <coughs> moving on <laughs> yeah uh yeah so they basically started doing this and then the teachers uh, also they got like one or two teachers as well to come and announce like hey if you want to know if you want to read finance subscribe to the morning brew it's really good it's by an alumni over here it's by a college nearby or something like that so all the new like first years they were just hooked they were like okay yeah this college is good like you know i'm in the finance zone baby you know and then they're reading this so it's really cool but then they were like okay 
we need to do more. Okay, sure, the teacher ambassadors are good. But then student ambassadors. So do you, do you remember in college, like Red Bull, like our, our mutual friend that we had, who was a Red Bull student brand manager as well? Yeah. Okay, giving out free Red Bulls, like that, that was cool. But like newsletters, like what the hell? Okay, so yeah, but then they were like, yeah, you know what? There are, there are you know, people that would be interested in this. So they started a student brand manager campaign. Okay, so they reached out to these colleges uh, and they had like a very rigorous student ambassador program where they wanted the best of the best. They were like, we will be tougher than Harvard to get in. Okay, we only want the cream of the cream, you know, the best of the best. Creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. Mm. Yeah, fine. And uh, it failed. <laughs> it failed drastically. Okay, and there's one reason why. And these are all lessons that they have that I've learned by researching the morning brew and I'm sharing. Okay. Because, because I, I've just thought of like so many ideas that we can also do is going to be cool. Okay. Like I want to do a student brand manager for like three compods, uh, uh, newsletter eventually. Okay. So yeah, the reason it failed is because these top students were already involved in every single activity that was going on in college. They were, they were mm. academically inclined. They were also doing a, teacher's assistant you know that fancy this thing that they were part of sports they were a captain of the sports team so they just they were just terrible with time management and they really couldn't like you know have time to do this so they're like okay forget quality let's go for quantity approach okay so they're like whoever you are if you want to be student brand ambassador just apply okay so they got like bunch of people to apply okay? just a bunch and they set like this automated newsletter uh, like campaigns okay a automatic emails that was sent to them hey welcome you are one of the select people uh for this uh program it's perfect and then all the tasks will be automated by email okay and their only goal was to get to 25 to 30 signups in a certain time frame maybe per it was college. a month maybe it was a week per person mm. per person okay whoever applied because a lot of people got in and there are a lot of fluff people as well. They're like, ah, you know, I don't want to do this. Okay, they'll just sign up and all for the good of it. And then for the fuck of it. And then they just won't do shit. Mm. All right. Okay. And then once they finally got this quota hit, uh, written, then they were put on a like a WhatsApp group. And then they got like got in a call with the founders and all that. And this approach really helped uh, help them like, you know, find the quality people who had the time and had the hustle to you know, put in the work basically, right. essentially. So, so yeah, they got almost 250 ambassadors across 200 schools. Wow. That's, That's crazy. A good approach, actually, dude. It's an amazing approach, right? Yeah. Think about it, Like we just have to call up our RVs e-cell and like all yeah. the e-cells over there and be like, yeah, give us one Paltan over there. And like, yeah. oh, no, 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 just send the emails out and then whoever wants to sign up, sign up. And then based on their performance, we get, okay. And then you can incentivize that as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, he was, he was still, uh, you know, at that morning brew, I mean, uh, Morgan Stanley job and everything like that. Then he's like, okay, once they got like a hundred K users, then they're like, okay, shit, it's serious. And uh, his co-founder Austin was actually in college, uh, one year junior to him or something. And then once he graduated, then he had the choice of like, oh shit, do I, do I go for my job or do I join the morning brew? Okay. And then they had like a talk and then they're like, you know what? 
and like he actually goes in quite a lot of detail like you know if you want to research more about how the this decision making process was done just uh, check out alex lieberman's uh, uh, talk with ali abdul on the podcast like yeah, it's amazing okay uh, he goes into a lot of like personal stuff as well but yeah so they finally decided to like you know do it together and they're like yeah you know what let's 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 go for this and then yeah and then they slowly like built it out okay um so in november 2019 so this is 5 years october 2014 it started as a just like a thing to help us like college mates november 2019 literally 5 years they sold it can you guess can you tell me how much how much we would have sold this for is it in tens of millions or hundreds of millions tens of millions i would probably think that each user is at least worth uh, 15 dollars 10 15 dollars that would make it up to uh, 20 million 20 to 30 million it was sold for 75 million dollars uh, great cat like that's uh, insane so like i mean obviously they like as 40 dollars per user yeah Yeah. No, I mean uh, they obviously had like millions of users I think after some time. Right. They built it up to uh, at least a million users and now I think uh, the Morning Brews uh, number of users is upward the 4 million. Mm. Okay. So you you mean to say when they sold the company they already had 1 million uh, yeah. subscribers. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right now they have around like 6 million. Mm. 6 million people that have subscribed to the Morning Brew. And um, So their business model and most newsletters business model why they are valued so high is because one is obviously their open rate email open rate is definitely one of them the second is the ad space over there okay once you have someone reliable speaking there and then like people actually listen and follow this newsletter okay you have that you have their attention you have bought their attention for the day and they literally charge millions of millions of dollars Okay, Morning Brew. Okay, I worked with a company at once where they have at least spent, I think, upwards of three hundred thousand dollars to sponsor uh, posts and to sponsor the newsletter. Okay, and this is a startup. We are talking about a startup that spent this much. Okay, so they have like big corporates. So, so now if you go and sign up for uh, the newsletter, Morning Brew, it'll ask you a couple of things. Okay, your name, age, all those kind of things. But then it'll ask your profession as well. okay because based on that okay you would be getting certain amount of like certain kind of news and then they have like all these other newsletters that you can subscribe to and then based on that you'll see the ads what like accordingly and they can sell that like you know whatever they they show their demographic to the folks out there makes sense dude i think yeah. uh, that's probably one of the reasons why newsletters are so expensive ads or newsletters newsletters are so because you get that niche crowd like if you have a finance newsletter you get the finance people right so you it's a it's so difficult to find that volume of concentrated uh, finance junkies in one place uh, yeah. in through any other means right uh, yeah it's a, that's a, that's a good business model yeah and and uh, even with the milk road right milk road is a web3 crypto crypto, crypto centric this thing and they pro they sold for upwards of like 20 mil as well uh, yeah. i'm not sure about the exact amount but i think it's easy it's 20 mil it's it's yeah 
probably it's and it started when like two years ago i think it's a year ago one yeah. year ago man one year okay and uh, it it became the fastest growing uh, news that out there they have only around 200,000 300,000 people okay and uh, in my own company time i reached out to them to see like you know how much it would cost you know just to sponsor to sponsor them it costs around 300,000 dollars huh. yeah. and if you if you want to do like a one off post as well that's like around like 10 to 20,000 dollars so it's like oof as heavy So the few things that we have learned out of this, um, you know, morning brew story, and even a little bit of Milk Road, okay, the hustle as well uh, was like an entrepreneur-centric, business-centric uh, newsletter, which was competing with Morning Brew. Okay, hustle was uh, Sampars, right? Sampars, yes. Okay, and it was so funny because you know they used to have like uh, similar topics. and every day apparently uh, austin from morning brew used to print out theirs and print out both the newsletters paste it on the wall and go line by line and be like okay this line is good this line is bad this line is good this line is bad and if the hustle did better than them in terms of open rates and all that stuff he would lose it the entire like morning brew team would lose it because that's how like competitive they were they like almost hated each other it seems mm. so yeah uh, it's really cool like you know that they that they did all this uh, all the stuff obviously like after some time they had like different approaches but yeah and it's so interesting to see that um, on something as um, as uh, it, i don't want to say trivial yeah. but in in such a domain there is such intense competition and there is so much drama that's going on it's it's actually really nice to know yeah but uh, did you know india also has its own like morning brew it's called filter coffee yeah 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 so it's like literally like a uh, morning brew version like indians india's version of morning brew and they have like they're pretty small okay the newsletter culture hasn't completely hit india okay filter coffee has around i would say 15000 readers which is comparatively less but uh, i don't know what they're doing in terms of like advertising and those kind of things the thing is um... Uh, in india we don't have this email reading culture so uh, it's not very actively uh, followed right like i mean we the only reason why we'd open our emails is for work you know we wouldn't um, really want to open our email inboxes ever uh, on a yeah. normal day and that yeah. has to pick up and that will pick up you know like because uh, when people like uh, it's going to be people like us who are going to be taking over all of this eventually right so as in like will be the we are the next generation right yeah yeah one will be more tech savvy because one we have grown up in the email world um i do i do follow a lot of email newsletters but i hate them in my email uh, i use this other app okay basically it makes this like fake email uh, for me like off the app and then all the newsletters that i sign up to just comes to this app as well so yeah it's nice it's like a newsletter aggregator type thing um Uh, it's called Stoop Inbox. I'll give it to you guys. Fine, take it. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's super nice. It's super cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just I'm interested to see how the newsletter market increases in India because I was very surprised to see the numbers. Just like for Filter Coffee being around like fifteen thousand or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now let me like blow your mind up. Okay. 
there is a there is a blog not a newsletter but a blog uh, called hood hoodinky okay uh they talk about watches okay can can you tell me uh how much do you think it makes a revenue in a year it's a blog through ads or through whatever the sources is okay it's a I don't I don't know any of that. I just want you to guess a number. Just go for, go for it. 100 mil a year. Okay. It's a luxury watch blog and that's crazy. That's crazy. So, I mean just think about it. Like you can just build an audience about any niche. It can be about anything. Okay, uh if you want to talk about bottle caps, Okay, different. There must be some crazy ass Americans out there. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, the crazy ass people out there. You know, U.S. citizens. I don't know <laughs> out there that will be like you know into bottle caps. Who knows? Okay, there is a uh, what? There are people that collect stamps. I never got that. And uh, there's one thing that I have noticed. Okay, so with uh, three commas, we wanted to make it like, and I just want to discuss this on air as well. Might as well, right? Okay. So with three commas, I initially start off with like I was like, okay, you know what? Let's make it a weekly newsletter and everything. But all the three newsletters that we spoke about today—the Morning Brew, uh, Milk Road, the Hustle, even Filter Coffee—those are daily newsletters. And and yeah, I I feel that could be a good approach. And like you know, if this guy was working what at least fifteen to sixteen hours, and he he was the same age as me when he started, maybe. the morning brew uh maybe a little younger but that's fine it's totally fine with me okay i can definitely do that or we can definitely do that so yeah cool uh you all should definitely look forward to the three com pods uh newsletter should we call it the three com newsletter or should we call it something else we'll have to think of a name yeah we'll think of a name man okay okay yeah. but uh i'm i'm super excited especially do- after doing all this research I did like you know get to read like a lot of uh, newsletters and how they talk the tone the whole the whole thing around it and it's really nice. Uh I think uh, Growthex uh Abhishek Patel has a weekly newsletter or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely weekly. Okay and see the fact that I don't know it is definitely not a daily newsletter. So right. <laughs> don't know whether it's weekly or not or monthly once or something. So yeah. So I think a great way to keep people's attention is to like show up every single day okay with the newsletter okay so yeah definitely interested in this uh, space right now and it's a massive space yeah, and it's only growing in India okay so there is a milk road copy in India called doodwala yeah he's like uh, he's like the doodwala comes every day to deliver you with Crypt- crypto news crypto news crypto news bro <laughs> okay and in in terms of uh, brainstorming this uh, i have a i i'd like to bring something up so the morning brew started off with college students right okay finance news for college students okay and i don't know whether filter coffee or the doodwala has taken this approach okay and maybe this this creates a market out there for us okay if maybe our podcast can be more inclined 
towards i mean obviously we have certain number of years of experience okay but obviously i i don't know whether a person who has 10 years of job acts or like you know who has sold two three companies is listening to us right now okay because obviously he'll know more he's already more inclined uh to like you know he already has his own sources of information right and and our experience as valid as they are is more suited for someone who's in college and college going and uh, this would be a great opportunity for us to position ourselves to that demographic of folks okay that will include in our podcast format and our newsletters as well right. and maybe let's see who knows maybe we can bring a newsletter culture around yeah you know in uh, ashwari singh we had uh, newsletters we used to have monthly newsletters ah nice uh, who yeah. read the newsletters uh, sponsors and you know all the faculty whatever we used to we used to have like about 80 90 email addresses uh, mm-hmm. obviously not a lot but yeah but we had like top execs you know like the ceos of companies and all of that these are like who have people. invested the money who have put in the money yeah yeah okay so b2b i think b2b can be a bit more not daily uh weekly spaced out i, I would say okay uh linkedin has launched a newsletter column where you can have a newsletter i literally right now all my linkedin connection requests is just like hey follow my newsletter hey follow my newsletter or follow our newsletter yeah it it's annoying actually like it's all yeah. those sponsored things that just keep coming up yeah man like one of the days yeah one of the days i i, I just looked at my notifications said richard branson i was like what richard branson on my linkedin i click richard branson invites you to follow his newsletter i was like really Richard Branson personally invited me. Uh. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So even even when you go on Twitter as well. So in your bio, right below it, you can have a subscribe to my newsletter, and whichever email they're using for Twitter, they can like automatically just subscribe right there as well. Okay. That's and cool. definitely like you know if the content is good and if there is uh, there are folks that are reading it, I don't feel that. um chat gpt has a big play here because you know if everything's auto generated then you lose your own tone okay and uh, i will i will put this out there i will not use chat gpt for writing our newsletters yet you will use jupiter here <laughs> <laughs> jasper jasper dot yeah yeah it's all paid okay so even uh, chat gpt is going to be um Uh, monetized uh, this year okay so they have already predicted that chat gpt's revenue for 2014 2024 is going to be 1 billion dollars the revenue so they said by this year end it will be around 200 to 300 million dollars by the end of 2024 it's going to be a billion dollars wow just chat gpt not even open ai okay they kept dali aside you know so so dali 2 i recently logged on to see I don't have credits anymore. I have to start buying credits. So they have monetized it successfully. Yeah. But I don't know about ChatGPT's approach to go for revenue or monetizing it so fast because they have a very unique opportunity to take down one of the biggest monopolies of the world. Okay, just to just a few uh, weeks ago we were in we were talking about Peter Thiel's book and we were just talking about what a incredible business Google is and how nobody is able to challenge it. and like 
I just feel like whatever we good we talk about, we spoke good about like SBF and like crypto for like a bit, and then next week crypto went down. <laughs> okay, we spoke well about Google. ChatGPT came out. Okay, so today I'm talking about newsletters. If newsletters go extinct within the one month, we are cursed. <laughs> we are cursed. Yeah, we will we will bleep those words out the next time onwards. Every time we talk about this <laughs> something, we'll just beep. We'll just peep it out. Yeah, man. The the soothsayers are here. Okay, we we talk good things about it, and then they're like, ah, nah. because these guys spoke about nah, nah, nah. People pay us to not talk about them. We spoke about Google being the monopoly. They're like, no, not anymore. No. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I think that um, the approach that ChatGPT is taking is to like more B2B, right? As opposed to B2C. So they are predicting revenue incomes from like, you know, all of these edu. Imagine how much it would help companies like Baiju's and all of that, dude. Like they don't need like uh, human support or a teacher or whatever, right? They just have to type in questions and boom, you get it. I was just showing my uh, younger brother the other day, my cousin, um, showing him a chat gpt he's a lawyer and uh, he's like typing corporate law and the, the specific very specific uh you know amendment that happened right. and it is just talking chat gpt gave a beautiful response three paragraph response like yeah. what is this about why this amendment was brought in and like some implications of that amendment and he's like dude this is a 10 mark answer in like a <laughs> students uh you know exam Oh, shit. Like, I, I forgot to ask my uh, cousin how it went. So like a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about ChatGPT, I was like, dude, you got to use ChatGPT. Is the shit. Uh, just uh, use it for your, one of your assignments. So he was giving like one of his final papers. So I was like, okay, don't fuck around with that. But try it with these other useless subjects. Okay. I Okay. I will follow up and I will let you know. Okay. It's super exciting. Dude, it's mind blowing. So I think that those are some of the extreme and super useful use cases of ChatGPT in terms of education and in terms of, um, you know, like a Wikipedia, basically. You don't need Wikipedia anymore, if you ask me. You just need to, like, they, they have to make this into an app and like an app that is so comfortable to use. It should be like, hey, Siri, right? And the moment this happens, it's going to take over all these uh, B2B things that, we would no longer need. And then that Even, is... It'll take over Google. It will yeah, literally yeah. take over Google. The moment and that happens, it's as easy as, hey Siri, I'm sure it'll take over. That is the doomsday. Yeah. Now, now I I don't know. I don't want to get too political or just to make too many assumptions here, but uh, I don't know what Google is doing. Google's been a little bit of radio silent with this. Uh, and... Let's see, you know, if, if Google doesn't come up with anything within the next 100 days, oh, my boy Sundar will be in a bit of a hot seat. And I'm sure okay, Google is like, uh, yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I mean, Sundar is definitely like a, a great CEO, a great operator. But mm. is he, is he a bit like an entrepreneur? Is mm. he like, that'll be put to the test now. Mm. Okay, because when Google was given to him, Google was made, it was built, it did everything. And it's like, here, take it and operate it. That's why he's an operator. Mm. Okay. Dude, but so that's yeah, actually let's... harder, you know, like to build a company, to build a billion dollar companies is relatively easier 
than to sustain a billion dollar company sustain? to grow from 1 billion to 2 billion that's actually difficult you know yeah i mean no look it's it's two different skill sets it's right. two different skill sets and uh, it'll be put to the test uh if i'm not wrong i think open ai has some uh connection with microsoft and maybe microsoft bing could be making a comeback mm. but um, i i think um, companies like google uh, would be actually active if if they they would probably be um, they would have realized by now if they are in the game or not and if they have decided that hey you know we can't play this game anymore they'll be actively working on pivoting right like they'll be working on other technologies uh, could be quantum yeah, computing definitely. it could be you know some kind of crypto investments yeah. i don't know like yeah. they'll just be putting their hands into other things because uh, there is no stopping chat gpt man at this at this uh, open ai yeah definitely space you know? yeah definitely and uh, yeah and google still hasn't done their big ass layoffs yet okay with the uh, that's coming okay google's response to the upcoming recession okay uh with what's happening with tesla tesla running on 25% of its employees and still sustaining still doing well um and definitely like twitter is up there in terms of like you know oh, fancy tech jobs but it's no google so there's a statistic that came out that the average google employee gets paid 290000 okay in comparison to other Te- uh, other of the big uh, amazons and the microsofts and twitter and a few others uh the second highest i think is amazon uh with $190,000 so it's almost a $100,000 difference this is on okay. an average yeah google but, definitely uh, won the talent war out there no but uh, amazon also has these other types of workers right like they have a lot of blue collared workers as well blue collar workers and as well yeah the volume of the workers are also pretty high in amazon compared to google Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, but still, like you know, uh, even if like they brought it down to the same like job levels, and it's Google that always like pushed it, and yeah. they they won the talent wars. Okay, Amazon's already done their firings. Um, uh, you know, with the ten, I think it was thousand or what ten thousand. I think ten thousand layoffs. Yeah, they fired a lot. No, I think Meta fired yeah. like ten k. These guys, ah, uh, right. they fired. like around 5 or 4k yeah yeah and uh, maybe it's all response to the recession um one of the one of the things that amazon's also done is uh they have stopped uh, the alexa productions and everything and like you know first when i heard it i was like damn that's premature like you know i was thinking of getting an alexa cuz i was like yeah i need it i need home automation okay but maybe it's uh also it was running on a 10 billion dollar loss per year so yeah okay and maybe they just had to cut costs right now so that once this recession how many ever what i i'm assuming it goes on for at least 6 um six quarters or something yeah don't no one has any idea what you know i was just reading this interesting thing um the one of the indicators of recession is the sale of underwears you know and if the <laughs> underwear sales dip the recession is likely going to happen i love it i love <laughs> this because <laughs> people are just sitting at home they don't want to like buy new undergarments and underwear and they just you know the sales drop because uh, they're unemployed as well where do i access this data 
we'll have to find i don't know i'm sure it's available somewhere maybe like Jokey. yeah we can probably buy it who knows company is yeah. getting desperate out there yeah. <laughs> we will sell you data <laughs> we'll yeah. sell you your data back to you 